Hello everyone and welcome back to another great super cool radio interview. I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in. And before we dive into this video, just a quick reminder to thumbs up this video and subscribe to our channel and turn on that notification bell. That way you don't miss any super cool content. I got a really great guest joining me for this interview. He is best known as the singing drummer for Montreal pop punk band The Doughboys. Very recently, he released a new single entitled Anemic Heart. He is Brock Pytel. In this interview, we discuss the unique backstory of Anemic Heart, punk music, Iggy Pop, and so much more. It is a really great conversation, and I hope you enjoy. So let's dive into this interview. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me. Yeah, great pleasure, always. Uh, so before really, I know we got a lot to discuss with the uh, the new single, the two new singles you've released so far. But before we get to that, uh, I got a fun question uh, for you. What is one album you recommend everyone check out in their lifetime? Oh, God. Zen Arcade by Husker Du. I'm not, if, you haven't I'm not heard of, uh, if you haven't heard of Zen Arcade by Husker Du, it's a Minneapolis band from the 80s. Uh, you know, maybe you've heard of Bob Mould. That was his first main band. And Zen Arcade was kind of like, uh, sort of influential because it came out of that hardcore punk rock era, but it really did something to that genre that hadn't really been done before. So if you haven't heard that record, it's a double record. I recommend you check that out. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty intense. They were like, you know, crystal meth on the coffee pot before they recorded. So it's pretty high paced, frenetic and intense. Oh, right on. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar. I have to check them out cause I'm, you know, I love punk music. So I'm definitely gonna give that album a listen. Yeah. If you're, if you're into that, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out the whole, and you know, that was a big part of the Minneapolis thrust in the late eighties and just, you know, replacements. That would be the next record if we went for another record. Probably pick a replacements record. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of them. I have awesome. heard of them. They're, no, they're they're really cool. Mi Minneapolis kind of yeah. low key, uh, mm -hmm. you know, produced a lot of a lot of great like bands of that genre. Yeah, at that time, that was one of the big cities. And then uh, after that, I think it shifted to kind of like Athens, Georgia, for a bit. And REM came out. And then after that, it sort of was. Uh, I think it was like Halifax, Nova Scotia. There was a bunch of East Coast Canadian bands. So, yeah, Minneapolis definitely had its uh, had its heyday for sure. Oh, definitely for sure, for sure. Now, I do I do want to talk about. So, obviously, as I mentioned in the intro, you have a new single that was recently released entitled "Anemic Heart." 
Now, this story's got a little bit of a unique backstory. Is this is some music you recorded over a decade ago? Yeah, that's right. Um, at the time, uh, we had just I just done this uh, couple of dates uh, with the Doughboys. We kind of got back together for a few shows. There was two shows with Foo Fighters, and uh, two shows. We did a couple of shows in smaller venues just for the fans that didn't want to pay big money for the arena shows, right? So. Uh, yeah, so I was in Montreal around that time and uh, just had some songs kicking around and some ideas and just Howard Beilerman has that studio there, Hotel Tutango, which is a really great creative spot and Howard's super, super supportive guy. So uh, yeah, he just, you know, we were working and he just kind of gave me the keys one night and said, okay, well, we've done this one. And so the first day we did Hurrah Hooray, that's the single that came out six months ago and uh and he was like okay well he handed me the keys to the studio and said well we need something else for tomorrow so <laughs> get to work right something else so so it was myself and a couple of my uh doughboys buddies that were also in montreal and we just did that at the time it sort of was like okay well let's put this out but i came back to vancouver and ended up working with some other players and the song was just kind of sort of sat there for a bit. Yeah, for sure. And uh, how did you determine like now is like that you want to release the music? Well, I kind of always figured I would be doing them with my, my current band and we did sort of play them live for a bit. Um, but as we wrote newer stuff, which I mean, that's, we can talk about that a bit later. We have a, an EP that's about ready to come out. Uh, the, these songs sort of found their way out of the set just in favor of songs we were writing with that particular lineup. And, uh, you know, everyone had a really shitty time with COVID and all that. And uh, I had a shitty time as well. Found out I had cancer at a certain point. And uh, so that kind of really motivated me to, uh, I was kind of looking at my track record. And I'm like, well, I, basically, I, I love music more than anything. Making music is what I figure I'm here for, you know. But I was looking at the... You know recorded output of what i've done since the doughboys and you know had the one solo record in early 2000s but it just felt like for what i have to say and for how much i love to make music there just wasn't enough out there and if i'd like died tomorrow i wouldn't be happy with uh with what's there so i figured i'd better you know get at it so i was like okay well these songs are there might as well just you know it's kind of like when you have stuff kind of accumulated and it's not you know the the process of songs is like if people don't hear it and doesn't get released it's sort of it's not finished for me it's not like the complete cycle right so getting it out and getting it released kind of clears the plate and allows for more to come you know so really just kind of try to jump start the process a bit well for sure there's definitely a process with you know uh creating music you, know, you obviously you create the music but then to hear the feedback and to hear what people think of the music that is it's definitely a cycle and sometimes it only gets partially through where it doesn't get released and then it doesn't finish the process yeah exactly and um, sometimes that's okay that's part of the creative creative process too sometimes an idea maybe isn't strong enough to reach that far and it just kind of sits around for a while and then you throw it back in the compost pile and it churns and comes into something else maybe later or maybe not you know but uh when there's a really an idea that's strong enough uh you know you gotta kind of do your due diligence to kind of help it have a life and uh sort of seems like 
that's been the case with this so far, at least based on the response of the first first day. You know, people seem to be glad that I'm releasing it, so that's a good thing. Well, for sure, I've had the opportunity to listen to Anemic Heart as well. I I really enjoy it because it's it's a little bit different from some of the music I, I typically listen to, and I mean that in a, in a good way. Hmm. That, you know, expanding horizons with music, but it it's very it's it's unique, especially like for me as a listener who normally doesn't uh, listen to that style of music. I really yeah. enjoy it. Oh, cool. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that's that's what that's what it's all about, right? People reaching out, making connections, music uh, making you think differently. I mean, there's so much good music right now. It's just, it's amazing how much good music there is coming out. I can hardly keep up with uh, all the stuff, all the playlists I'm making. Every time I hear something, I make a playlist to listen to it and then check it out in my car. It's a really, really great time. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Oh, definitely. Now, uh, like for the the process of you know releasing anemic heart, did you have to really you know change anything in like the original recording? Do you have to re-record anything, or is this how it was recorded back in? Uh, this one was mostly how it was recorded. Uh, now, at the time, we really didn't mix much. Howard, uh, the the producer guy, Howard Byleman, um, you probably know him. He did Godspeed You Black Emperor, and uh, there's another famous Montreal band. I can't think of that he did. You would know of. Yeah, it's blinking my mind at the moment. Um, anyway, he he mixed the one song and then the other stuff was his tracks. I kind of came home with a bunch of stuff unfinished. Uh, Hurrah, Hooray was one of those. I had like a scratch vocal and then uh, went through this breakup and sort of got motivated to start singing that one again because it's kind of an angry song. So I recorded those vocals here uh, at Capsule in Van uh, it's Vancouver, so Vancouver, BC, Canada with um, Aurora Jane, who's a local producer. And we did those vocals there. And um, after that, I was just on Facebook one day and uh, my friend Jay Robbins made a post saying he he was supposed to be recording the new Moving Targets record. And this was just like uh, maybe eight months ago, I wanna say. And uh, someone in the band Moving Targets had uh, fallen ill with COVID. So he had a cancellation. He had a bunch of time at Magpie Studios where he had nothing booked uh, and it was like, Hey, anybody want to mix anything or track something? And I messaged him like, yeah, I got some stuff to mix Jay. Um, so I sent him the song. That's this is Jay Robbins, uh, job box, government issue, uh, burning airlines. Um, he's going out uh, doing a solo thing with, um, uh, gosh, Sorry, name's blank in here. Soulside, another DC band, another old DC band. So they're doing some East Coast dates in March coming up. So yeah, he was free. He mixed it and uh, sent that back to me. Then I got my friend Chris to master it. And, and that was that. So that was Hurrah Hooray. The new one, Anemic Heart, was mostly already mixed. So it was just a question of uh, getting it mastered, getting some artwork done, making sure it sounded sort of like it came from the same session as Hurrah Hooray, right? I wanted to make sure. That's kind of why the two covers are the same, just different colors. So I wanted to, to, even though they're coming out at separate times, for them to, you know, be associated from the same session. No, I, I totally gotcha. And, uh, you know, both, uh, you know, again, I've had the opportunity to listen to both. I, I really enjoy it and it does have like the similar vibes to both songs, obviously, because, you know, written written and recorded around the same time, but you did you know, keep uh, that same vibe for both those songs as well. Yeah, cool. Does that sound to you like it's, it, like they came out on the same record? I would say so, yeah. Okay, it's got cool. similar styles to both. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
Hello, hooray! A little bit, you know, a little bit more aggressive with it compared to like a Nemec Heart, but I would say yes. yeah, yeah. I was hoping that sonically they could uh, at least be sort of in the same ballpark. And I talked to Chris about that. That's uh, Chris Murphy who's doing the mastering, and he he sent me a couple of versions, and one was like the obligatory sort of major label treatment, and the other was kind of like more dynamic range, and so we went with the the more dynamic one there it's a little bit less compressed and hopefully it sounds a bit more you know organic no it definitely does it's got, a, it's got a nice full sound to it as well with you know with the song as well but no i i, I really enjoy it and it's just so cool i just like that you know this is stuff you you've recorded you know in the past but now you you know you're releasing it and it's uh it's getting a release date and for people to actually listen to it and experience it yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully it'll connect to people that sort of were fans of the old band or maybe are never heard of that old band, but like that kind of music. Um, it's kind of cool. One one review locally just said something really cool, which I thought was kind of apropos. He was like, it sounds fresh, but it also sounds dated. It sounds new, but it also sounds familiar. So that's really kind of cool. I think you kind of nailed it. I I definitely agree with that. It, you know, obviously it's new because I'm listening to it the first time, but also it has that kind of more familiar sound to it with some of the aspects of it. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, maybe a bit of a '90s guitar feel, but uh, yeah, man, that's the, the great thing about music, especially now because we can we can reach so far with the tools we have. So, you know, like I'm talking to you in Indiana right now. This is great. You know, oh, we can oh have definitely. Our, have our coffees together, separated by a couple hundred miles. It's great. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It, it, technology, <laughs> technology is so cool nowadays that you know you're able to you know do these things that this this wasn't possible you know 15, 20 years ago to be able to do things like this. And it's not you know that's just one aspect. Like music has progressed so much in the last even just in the last decade or so that it, it's very cool and it makes you know everything is very accessible. But with you know things being accessible sometimes. The quality control is not necessarily there for some people, but overall, I think technology has helped a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Like in in the day when I was a little younger and first coming up, it was sort of like everybody in this in the scene would go see every band that had an LP. If you had a vinyl record, a full length vinyl record, and you were on tour, everybody in that town that was into music would go see that band, regardless of whether they were like rockabilly or or sludge or like or like hardcore punk rock or whatever it would be um you know even you know we had a guy in our scene named jerry jerry he had a band jerry jerry and the sons of rhythm orchestra he was kind of like a punk rock version of of a crooner you know like like michael buble or something it was like michael buble with a punk rock backup band playing weird kind of cow punk bluesy and and you know like now there would be a subgenre for that and like twenty subgenres of it and only the fans of that specific thing would go but uh, you know hopefully as stuff blends again people will stop worrying about whether it's you know death metal Norwegian death metal grind you know they'll just they'll just go see it because it's cool and heavy you know no I, I definitely know what you mean I think um, you know nowadays I don't think genres you know they're still a primary focus, but I don't think they're as emphasized as probably you know, back in like, especially like in the nineties and, you know, and things like that, where it, you had to be in a certain genre to be able to get t signed to a label, to be able to tour and all that kind of stuff. 
But nowadays I see like people are really, you know, mixing genres or just, you know, like one song might sound like rock, but then you have like one where it's got like, you know, a, a completely different sound or even pop sometimes. So I think it, it's really cool. And I do hope that does continue. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope more of the mixing on bills as well, live for live shows. Because it, it, it used to be that, you know, like when we were on tour with the Doughboys, we would play probably three, four, five times a week with, you know, somewhat generic sort of umpa beat hardcore bands, right? Not to not to slag those guys because they were doing their thing too, but there's a lot of bands of that particular type. But then, you know, there'd be like, you know, one one metal band or there'd be us or, you know, like I remember doing a show in DC with, uh, you know, Guar, us, uh, government issue and all. And I think there was probably one other opener. So pretty diverse, right? So hopefully like, cause now it's kind of like you go see a metal show and it's gonna be three metal bands. You go to see a punk rock show, it's gonna be three punk rock bands. And it's gonna be a specific type of punk rock. Like usually, you know, like if they kind of have melodic singing, it's gonna be only, you know, so hopefully we can sort of get back to just mixing it up and like, who cares if it's metal or punk or, or neither. You know, no, exactly, and I think I'm. I'm honest. I'm definitely all for that uh, because you know it, it's cool. Like you know, if you're, you're a fan of this band, you like the opening band because they sound similar. Like I get the marketing behind that, but from an enjoyable like standpoint, it's cool to discover new music. It doesn't really matter you know what it sounds like. If it's fun, if it sounds good, uh, I'm like I'm all for it. I don't really care. Like you know, if it's a death metal band and a punk rock band on the same bill, I don't really mind as long as it's good music. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, music is kind of like the language of emotion, right? So as long as you're connecting to, to people, like who cares what it sounds like, right? I mean. Oh, exactly. And I, I, again, I, I understand the marketing behind similar bands touring, but um, I, it, for me, just as a fan, I just, I, I'd rather just have some cool diverse music instead of just the same almost sounding bands uh, for the show. Yeah, absolutely. So what, so what are you listening? What are you listening to? What what's what's on your you know, uh, so what's on your turntable? Do you have a turntable? You listen to vinyl records? I unfortunately I do not. Uh, uh, I'm more so you're of a, more, a Spotify guy or uh, CDs actually. Oh cool, sick. Yeah. So I got. I got. Uh, so currently, I've been on like a huge. I, I'm not sure if you'll, you'll be familiar with this band. Uh, uh, they're Coffin Cats out of Detroit. They're like a psychobilly band. I, oh, I saw them. Sounds, sounds cool though. Yeah, I saw them earlier this month for the first time, and it was it was incredible. Uh, they have a stand up bass instead of a bass guitar. Oh wow! And, yeah, nice. Uh, and he was like he was like uh, swinging it around. He was playing it behind his head. It was incredible. Like he, the the ceiling was kind of short, so he hit the roof with the um, <laughs> hit the ceiling with the with his bass. So I was like, this is cool. I'm I'm digging it. Uh, so I've been listening to them a lot. I've been listening to uh, the new Iggy Pop music because I was oh, seeing yeah, them in yeah, March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that. I've actually been listening to that record a bit too. Is that Coffin Cats with K or C? Uh, Coffin yeah. Cats, uh, but both K, K, K and Coffin, K and Cat. Yeah, I, that sounds like I might have heard of them before. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, the new. What do you think of the new Iggy record? I think um, I enjoy it. I think it's like he's like uh, like style wise, he's combining like uh, like the last album free because he's got some of that kind of vibe to it. And like the punk rock of frenzy, like sounds like it could be on a skull ring album. Yeah, totally, totally. And so I think I think it's really cool. I think he's kind of 
because a lot of the, his last couple albums were kind of just very um, similar, like genre, like you know, po uh, post pop depression, which was like more yeah. like garage rock, which is one of my favorite albums by him. Uh, but this one's kind of he's got his punk rock elements in there. He's got his garage rock elements, and he's got like his um, free kind of whatever uh, whatever that album was genre is. Like he's got the, those kind of songs in there as well. Yeah, he's he's definitely kind of no matter what he does, it's going to have a certain sound to it, which is kind of awesome. Oh, oh, definitely. And I know he, he had a lot of good players um, in the, you know, for recording for this album. I know uh, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers were, was a drummer for... Was um, that right? Cool. Yeah. Which, it's just so cool. Like, you wouldn't think, uh, like, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, even though, like, early Red Hot Chili Peppers, I can definitely see, but it's just so cool. Like, you know, um, the drummer for Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, is drumming for uh, Iggy Pop on this album. I, th I think it's just cool. Yeah, absolutely. Another great example of what we were talking about, of stuff just smushing together. Definitely. So, what do you think of the new album? I'm still kind of, uh, kind of working my th way through it. I, I, I like it a lot, and I liked it. I liked it. It kind of covers some ground as well. You know, kind of like you were saying, you got frenzy, and then what's the one with loser in the title? The one with uh, loser in the title is that? Just, I think it's just every loser. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Actually, let me see. I can pull it up right now. Um, yeah, it is. Or yet, or maybe that's the losers in the wine. Well, yeah, the the album is every uh, is every loser. There's a, there's a, yeah, it's another song I'm kind of think of. Oh, it's a yeah, strung out Johnny. There, yeah, uh, strung out Johnny. Strung out Johnny. Yeah, I think that's my favorite track from that record so far. It's, it's just it's just such classic Iggy, like the you know. The, the deep voice and the and the you know the lyrics and well, I love the way he says uh, all fucked up, you know, like after the first or second chorus, Johnny's all fucked up. All fucked up. It's just classic Iggy, so oh, funny. It, have you seen that? Is. Have you seen that Gimme Danger video? That Gimme Danger documentary about uh, the Stooges and Iggy? No, I haven't actually. Highly recommend that. It's quite informative and also really really funny because Iggy's. Just a super, super funny dude, man. There's this, uh, there's this thing where he's talking about early on because he originally was a drummer. Give me danger. Talks about that. He played drums originally, and and so he had this idea in one of his early, early bands about how can we stand out? What are we gonna do? And he made, he decided they were gonna make this enormous drum riser like and then they show a picture on the screen and like when you say enormous, it's like eight feet tall, made out of pipe and. There's the stage, and then Iggy sitting on a drum set like eight feet. It's just you gotta see it, but it's it's like classic, classic Iggy, like thinking left left brain, you know, like just out there. It's awesome. Give me danger, I, definitely recommend it. I'm definitely gonna check that out. One of my favorite um, stories of like the Stooges, I, I saw this. It was on a placard at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. So it was one of, I believe, one of the first Stooges. Uh, show it might have been like the first one and <laughs> they they weren't they didn't sound very good to begin with and uh iggy pop was wearing like golfing shoes like um, uh cleats and he was like stomping like making uh you know uh, holes in the stage <laughs> and for whatever reason he shaved his eyebrows like before the show so like he threw glitter in the air and like it just came and went right into his eyes so like his eyes are all red and and he's wearing these um uh, golfing cleats and the band just didn't sound that good and I forget somebody was there to review the show and they said I I don't I don't know what to make of this. 
<laughs> I think that could be said of a lot of his career, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. It just, I, like, I mean, I had that same experience the first time I saw Off about, I don't know, maybe like six or eight years. You know the band Off? Yeah, yeah, uh, Keith Morris, right? Yeah, so they, I saw them quite early on when they were touring with that four, seven-inch box set. And uh, Michael, uh, Stephen McDonald was still in the band, Mario. Uh, and so I went their first time in Montreal, uh, not in Montreal, the first time in Vancouver was at the Fortune Sound Club. And it was a real mix of crowds. There was a lot of old punks from, you know, like leather jackets and all, you know. And then there was a bunch of younger punks that were kind of like, okay, well, we've heard about this band and this dude, but like I could tell from the responses that there was a, a whole lot of young kids that were just kind of like, this is really cool, but how do I respond to this? Like okay, for me to dance and if I dance, how do I dance? And like, and they're all looking around at each, you know, at each other and looking at the, the yeah, it's just, just, just great. And then like, of course, last time I saw off, like last month it was those young kids are all like, you know, leading the charge you know so super cool oh, oh definitely uh, off is really awesome too I, have, I haven't listened to them in a while but uh yeah definitely very familiar with them and they're really cool i haven't seen them live yet but i definitely do want to uh but but real, real quick with Iggy, like um like someone described that about anyone else i'd be like well that seems a little off but uh but you described that about iggy pop of what happened i'm like you know what i can see that i can totally imagine that <laughs> just the golf cleats alone right like are they even called cleats in golf? Like, uh, I thought yeah, they were. I mean, works, like spikes, golf cleats. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, uh, I kind of love that, though. I feel like I want to get golf cleats now, just because of that. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I'm. I've only played golf a uh, few times, uh, but like, what, when I do, um, I'm usually awful. <laughs> it's all about just hitting them as far as you can. You can, I think, right. I don't yeah, know. In straight. Yeah. Well, straight. I mean, if you're good, I'm <laughs> terrible. So I like hit one straight, one out of every four or five. But. Dude, I, my dad took me golfing for the first time, and um, it was at uh, a city golf course here in South Bend. But like, there's a neighborhood. It's like in the middle of a neighborhood. So the first one I hit, um, it it hooks like to the left. It goes over the fence they have and hits someone's house. <laughs> oops. So. Oops. Yep, I um, my dad's like, just keep going. We're just gonna keep going. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so um, as, as we're gonna be closing off this interview, dude, I do got a couple of things we do want to talk about real quick. So, um, you kind of touched on a little bit earlier about the new EP. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, is that, is that slip-ons or is that? Uh, yeah, that's that's slip-ons. Uh, so that's my my sort of main live band. There's still a couple of songs that uh, I'll probably try to finish up from these same sessions and that sort of, you know, in that solo situation. But uh, some of those are like needing a bit more sort of work to just get finished up. So that's that's sort of something ongoing. And then the Slip On ZP is a five song going to be on 12 inch. So we've got all five songs mixed. Uh, they were done by Dave Ogilvy, who's maybe you know him from like mixing Skinny Puppy or you know, or being in Skinny Puppy. Actually, he mixed the first big Doughboys record, the one that was on A and M. And he's kind of a local local heavyweight around here, so he's done those those mixes. So really, just got to approve those now and send them off to mastering, and then that'll go to get dressed. And uh, we're looking at sometime 
depending on how fast they can turn around the vinyl, maybe sometime in July. So that'll be, uh, that's probably going to be called Heavy Machinery. And uh, yeah, Slip On will be the artist. All right. On uh, are there plans? Uh, like, what are the um, are there plans of tour for uh, Slip Ons with the EP? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty regional right now until we have uh, until we can afford to go a little farther. It's it's kind of easier for American bands to come here than it is for us to go there right now, just because of the amount of money to get to P two visas and stuff. But yeah, we're 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 gonna do some shows. We're playing with. Uh, John Snodgrass and uh, Dead Bars next week. Dead Bars is a Seattle band. You should probably check them out. They're kind of cool. John Snodgrass used to be in Drag the River and the Armchair Martian. He's uh, got some Minneapolis guys in his band. So we'll be playing with them and uh, hopefully try to do a couple more regional shows, you know, heading out to Toronto and so forth. You know, it depends on the response, obviously, right? Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, your visas are um, a really big issue now. I have. Um even just for like anyone trying to come to the U.S., it's it's like the paperwork, you know, it's a lot of paperwork, and I've heard it's uh, super expensive to try to get visas now. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of John Snodgrass's band, they're from Minneapolis, and, you know, one of the drummers is an old friend of mine, and he said, well, if you do want to do these some live shows for the uh, Barack Pytel solo stuff, uh, you know, come here, we'll, you know, they like to sort of base their little touring activities around baseball games because they're they're huge baseball nerds and then we like okay well let's go to Coors Field and then we'll book some shows in Denver and so we're talking about maybe doing something that in the summer as well you know go see some twins games and play a couple of Minneapolis shows and see where that goes oh, right on I do do hope all that works out it sounds like you got some great stuff in the works not only for your solo work but also slip-ons as well I definitely look forward to seeing uh, how the rest of the year progressed for you it's, it's only uh well it's only beginning of 2023 so a lot a uh, lot left for this year absolutely matt thanks so much for having me on too man of course of course had a great time chatting with you i'll leave some links uh in the description for uh your music and a few other things as well but make sure to check out the description of this podcast brock thank you so much for hopping on super cool radio thanks man carry on good work of course. Uh, of course, for Brock Pytel, I am your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for listening, watching, or listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.